Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? That's the difference between people who stay stuck and stay in that victim mentality and don't shed their shit, you know, compared to us who choose to do the work every day. Life looks a little different for Heidi Anderson these days, and after 10 years live on air, she was well overdue for a change of scenery. Now, when she's not arguing with her toddler about whether he's driving the car or sitting in his car seat, she is empowering and coaching women through life and business with speaking, workshops, and group coaching. Heidi is also the host of podcasts Champagne Confidence and First Time Parents, and is well known for her real and raw take on life, business and motherhood. Never one to shy away from taboo topics, she speaks candidly about anxiety, body image, domestic violence, mental health and suicide. Heidi was born to be on stage where she speaks openly, confidently and completely unfiltered. Her recently released book, Drunk on Confidence, says so much on what Heidi is all about, and I cannot wait to dive in and pick this dynamic woman's brains on all things confidence. Heidi, I am so excited to get the chance to sit down and talk to you today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I was going to say, you've gone and, and been me. That sexy, husky voice is what I used to get told I had the sexiest voice on radio, but I was pumping loads of cigarettes back in the day, like 10 years ago, <laughs> while I had my husky voice. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't say it's from smoking, but, um, you know, after two and a half years of avoiding COVID, it finally got me the sucker. So uh, this is the remnants of it. So yeah, maybe sexy voice. Maybe I can hold on to that. Yes, yeah, serenade us all with that husk. Look out, look out. Okay. So Heidi, if there's one thing you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? I think it's confidence within women and confidence within ourselves. And I think the whole narrative that's been going on with society for so long is that we have to be a certain way, act a certain way, look a certain way. And, you know, when we're being told to do that, I think we've been suppressed for so long. And I think, you know, you and I were talking about this before we turned on the mics. All of us have confidence within ourselves but we're sold to by the media, advertising and everything constantly that we're not good enough, that we should change ourselves. And I think that is why so many of us young girls and and boys we're seeing come through, you know, these days. And we've got so many issues with our mental health and the way that we see ourselves and we're wanting more. We want this because we're being sold and told all these bullshit lies. So I think we need to be talking more about confidence Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's such an important topic and you hit the nail on the head with, you know, we start with such confidence. You watch young kids and there is a statistic around a certain age that things start to change, you know, where we feel judged or we're worried about what people think about us. So you do a lot of work in this space, Heidi, and, you know, you're known as the, uh, what is that, the confidence hype queen. You have a podcast um, that's called Champagne Confidence and a brand new book that we'll get to as well, the book... (laughs) 
drunk on confidence. I'll put all the info in the show notes. But so, you know, this is a space that you've worked in for quite a while. What is it you're seeing are the key kind of elements that people are lacking confidence over? It's probably my first question. And the second part is, you know, what can we do about it? Or what are the kind of, you know, tips and tricks that you say to people if there's one thing you change, what could that be? So for me, I worked in the media for over 10 years in breakfast radio as a, as a host. And so I know what it's like to put yourself out there and to be judged and to be critiqued and to be criticized. And, you know, so for me, I built like an exterior of maybe like false confidence. And the last couple of years, I've really unleashed this inner champagne confidence. Now, what champagne confidence, I believe, is, you know, I was always that girl drunk on champagne and that's how I got my confidence. I, you know, I was so drunk that I was like, yeah, I'm so amazing and so hot. And I loved this, like, you know, this oozing um, sexiness and epic vibes that I used to have. And then I would go sleep with someone and that's where I was getting my confidence from. And I'm saying like quotation marks. And I think this is what so many of us are doing. We're finding our confidence in the bottle of alcohol. Um, We're finding our confidence in men or women when we're sleeping with them. And I think this comes from such a young age of not building our self-esteem and not building that confidence, you know, because I, like you, believe that we have confidence from when we're tiny little humans, that we all have the same. It's the same with joy. It's the same with peace. We all carry it. The media have so much to, to do with that. Advertising, marketing, we're constantly being told that we need to change ourselves, that we need to be more, we need to do more. We're not enough just as we are. And I think that's what my story is. I went seeking validation through men, through booze, through drugs. I still drink today, but what I what I coach women in is, you know, finding your so that girl who was drunk on champagne, you can be her when you're sober. And so for me, it's like having that real belief within yourself that you're enough just as you are. And it's been a journey. Let me tell you, having worked in breakfast radio, I shed my shit on air on a couple of occasions. And I I speak into like how we can build this confidence. And the very first thing is being vulnerable and speaking up and saying how we truly feel and, and using our voice. And that's what actually changed my life. And that's what the whole book Drunk on Confidence is about. And like why I called it Drunk on Confidence, because for years I was the girl who was confident only when she was drunk. Even when I was in the radio studio, yes, I was confident, but it, there was like this false like sense of confidence and security within myself. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, when I shed my shit on the radio back in 2012, I was working in Bunbury. We had like 350,000 listeners. It was a West, like it went out to all these um, stations. It was a network show. And I got into radio being the funny fat girl, should we say. That's how I saw myself. That's how I, I was always the girl that the guys wanted to bang my friends They wanted to have beers with me and think, you know, and have the laughs with me. And so I got into radio being like, oh, I'm going to make people laugh. That's what I'm going to do. And then I remember this beautiful girl called Stella. And it was when, you know, everything started going viral on Facebook. Facebook was starting to be quite cool. This was back in 2012. And she was a bigger girl. She was from America. She had all these um, stretch marks and she was in a, as I like to call them, beautiful tiger stripes. You know, that's how I celebrate stretch marks now. And she was in this bikini and she got absolutely 
pummeled all around the world and her photo went viral because people like, you need to lose weight, you need to do this. And they had all these opinions on her and she said, but I'm actually happy. This is who I am. This is what I love. And I remember talking about this photo on air and I said, I want Stella's confidence. Like I want to not give a fuck what people think. And people didn't realise that I hated myself, that I hated the way that I looked. Like there were some times that I would take, you know, 20 or so outfits to get dressed to go out and sometimes I wouldn't even make it out and I was crippled with anxiety and this self-doubt and this lack of confidence within myself that, you know, that it was my body and everything that mattered. And so I ended up speaking about that on air it went viral. Mia Friedman picked it up in Mamma Mia back in the day. And we ended up doing this big thing here in Bunbury in Western Australia. And I basically declared on air that I was going to start to love myself and I was going to be the role model that everyone expected me to be. So that happened 10 years ago. And I can't believe that today now I've got this book because that was the very first moment that I just literally just blurted out how I was truly feeling. And I had the phone lines on the radio station rang for two weeks straight and we just had people wanting to share their stories and tell me that they hated the way that they saw themselves and that was the start for me and that's what the book literally tells you and that's kind of been my mission ever since. Yeah, and I think the the key point you're saying, you know, where people are sharing those stories but you broke open that kind of vulnerability and you gave them permission to talk about it as well. So, you know, and people wouldn't have expected that, you know, being a radio host and so confident and, you know, the way you speak and come across and stuff. So, you know, and I, I wonder about that, you know, the expectation as well with that Heidi and, how, you know, living behind that and within that kind of environment. And, you know, we sort of talked a little bit earlier about the layers, I think, that you know, you put on yourself that other people put on you. And, you know, as a person as well, that's been kind of breaking that down for myself in the last sort of few years in this sort of corporate person that, you know, corporate turned creative. And I've sort of really been redesigning my life that is true to me, not what other people expect of me. So how do you, how did you start, I guess, like working through, you know, break, I mean, obviously that was the first part 10 years ago, talking about it and breaking down those layers. So what happened next? So like if people are listening and going, yeah, that's great, but what do I need to do? How do I start this journey of being more confident? What happened that day is that I felt less alone. And so that now is my mission for others to feel less alone. So when I show up on social media, being a dickhead, I'm owning my stupid, weird, silly self, That's because I want others to know that they can do that too. I'm giving them permission as well as giving myself permission. And so the way that I started was I read shitloads of books. I listened to podcasts. I've signed up to workshops and I did the work. And this is something that I talk about all the time on my social media. I talk about this in the book, like, What happens is when you start to do the work, you start exposing yourself to more parts of you, to the fear, the things that you're scared of. And I started stepping into the fear. Like I was so scared of people judging me constantly for, like I wouldn't even wear my arms out in public because I was so worried that they were going to judge me for my fat arms. Again, I say that in quotation marks, that's the way that I saw it. And now I'm walking through shopping centers in my bra and undies. And so We cannot move and change this stuff unless we start talking about it. And this stuff, I mean, this shit that we carry around and like these masks that we wear, we cannot move these things unless we firstly start speaking about it. And then the second thing is like exposing yourself to these fears and then 
feel the fear and do it anyway. And, you know, that is what I did. I, I feared people would judge me, but every day I showed up on that radio show. I feared people would judge me down the beach when I first wore my bikini, but I did it anyway. And, you know, I started small. I started wearing my bikini around at home, you know, so I talk about that. So these are the 1% changes that we can change every day. Like you got to remember, this is 10 years it's taken me to get to this point. So it's not going to happen for you if you're listening right now it's not going to happen overnight but you can make the first start yeah it makes a difference isn't it so tell us about you said you walked through the stuff shopping center with your brown <laughs> what what the heck is the story behind that it's actually a brilliant story. And, you know, this has gone all over Australia. Um, I then ended up on SBS, a documentary, What Does Australia Really Think About Obesity? Um, I've been on Channel 10 with my movement, Shed Your Shit and the Walk of No Shame. We're about to do a power walk of no shame through Burke Street in Melbourne on the um, 21st of November, which we're calling in, you know, people. I'm doing it with my friend Peter. She's got cerebral palsy. She's in a wheelchair. And we're going to get in our swimsuit, bra and undies, whatever it is, and we're calling in people to do that with us. But how it first started was... For me, like I said, it's been a journey. This didn't happen overnight. When I first declared that I was going to make these changes, it was, you know, doing podcasts, workshops, stepping outside my comfort zone, all of those things, starting a new class, doing all the things that scared me. That's how I started to unleash this confidence. But so for me, I started to wear a bikini at the beach when I fell pregnant with my son, Memphis, at 30 weeks. I had a huge shift within the way that I saw myself with my body and especially those first few weeks after I had him and the voices started getting really really loud telling me, oh, you got to bounce back. And everyone was commenting on how thin I looked post Memphis and all this shit. And it really started to get me to be like, hey, hang on, I'm more than my body. Like, but then just saying that as well, my body was so fucking powerful. Like it created this little human, like, you know, why are we focused on her bouncing back and being a certain weight and looking a certain way? And so all these things were coming up after I had Memphis and it was a year to the day that I walked through the shopping center in my bra and undies. And this is the girl who was so petrified to wear a fucking swimsuit and get her arms out 10 years ago. And so what happened was I was coaching women in my space with Shed Your Shit and I wanted to sell a workshop that I had coming up and it was called the Love Yourself Revolution, which is how I started my swimming events where we get in our um, our swimsuits and we get photos down the beach and like shed our shit. That started back in Bunbury when I declared on radio that and I was bringing that to Perth where I was based post baby and I was like, how am I going to make noise about this? Because, you know, people are doing so much self-love stuff at the moment. Like it does feel like there's a bit of a saturation. And I was like, my stuff is just so different. And so I ended up going like, what would be really uncomfortable for me right now? Because I'm going to teach women to step outside their comfort zone. I'm getting them to come to my workshop and I'm getting them to be really uncomfortable. So how am I going to promote this? And then I was talking to the girls in my squad and I was like, I'm not uncomfortable getting photographed in a bikini down the beach anymore. And then I was like doing my groceries. I'm like, fuck, I would be so uncomfortable walking through a shopping center in my bra and undies to do like a photo shoot, like just a random photo shoot. And then I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's what I've got to do. I've got to promote this workshop and show people that I'm doing the work too. I'm still doing the things that scare me. So anyway, long story short, pitched it to one of my friends who run a mall and they were like, oh my God, we love it. I said to my squad who most of these girls in the squad were so afraid to wear a bikini. Some of them weren't even, you know, shedding their board shorts yet. 
but they said hides will do it with you. Like we will walk through that shopping oh, centre wow. with you basically saying up yours to society's expectations, to the bullshit beauty standards. And what happened was when we walked through the shopping centre that day, the doors opened and that fear was gone and people cheered for us. We had people high-fiving us. We had tears. We had this beautiful lady, Maggie, join us who stripped off. She would have been in her late 70s. She actually quite had quite sexy underwear. <laughs> I was like, damn, girl, you went shopping in that. And she actually came along and stripped off and walked with us. And someone asked me that day, what are you protesting? And I was like, we're not protesting. We're just doing a photo shoot. And then I was like, no, we are. We are. We're protesting bullshit beauty standards and we're saying up yours. And in that moment, all of us women of all different shapes, sizes and colour, we stopped giving our power away to every single person that could judge us. We stopped giving our power away to marketing, to society, the way that we should look, talk, act. And that day was so powerful in all of our lives. And, you know, I did sell my workshop out after that, but it was so much more than that. Like I got a phone call from Channel 7, had to do news stuff. We got published all around the world and I got picked up by SBS to come and lead a group of over 100 people through months later through markets doing the Power Walk of No Shame um, with Casey Donovan and the episode was so incredible and it was and, and this is the same thing. The message is the same, like, you don't have permission to tell me how to look. And I think the beautiful part of that was all of us who walked the, on both those occasions, we stopped caring what people thought because we had the power. And that's what I try and teach people to take back every single day. You know, we're constantly handing our power away. It's a beautiful thing. And I think that whole significance around shedding, you know, shedding clothing and you know, shedding that kind of expectation and those views that others have of you. And, you know, part of this podcast is around really helping people to understand different ways of living, people's different opinions, you know, that you can live a life that is absolutely true to you. And it you may not look like someone else. It may not sound or, you know, seem like someone else's life. And that's absolutely bloody okay. And so I think your message about the you know, the body kind of element really starting with that and then, you know, what would grow and, you know, kind of build upon that would be quite amazing, I imagine. Yeah, it's the ripple effect. And I guess for me, the whole, the re this is my story with my body, right? But what I say to other women, I work mainly with women, except for a couple of guy friends that I help out as well. But the thing is, it might be that you're afraid to use your voice. You know, it might be that you're afraid to speak up in your relationship. It might be afraid, you're afraid to speak up in work. So I really help women unleash that champagne confidence in all areas of their life my story is the story of the body and you know how I've come to terms with that and then from that how I've unleashed and just even recently I blew up my whole business you know I had to do that with confidence like you know like I had to and and I sat in shit I sat in literally what felt like so much shit for six months just like on a healing journey like 
you know, and now on the other side, I'm just getting out the other side. I've got this beautiful book and I literally said to my coach this morning who has been helping me slow down and be more in the moment and nurture myself and my body and, you know, I said to her, I have this inner belief that I never had before. Like it's different and I feel it. And it doesn't matter if I get rejected when I pitch myself out with my book at the moment, like, cause I got a couple of messages from friends in the industry and I get it. Like I used to work in radio that said no. And I said, Oh, just doesn't matter. Like, and that's a lot of the thing that I get from women. They're so afraid of rejection. You know, it's such a big story for so many of us. And so, yeah, for me, it's just this like self-belief that I have now. And and it started because I declared on radio that I hated myself, the way that I saw my body. And it's been that journey. And yeah, now I'm here walking through shopping centers in my bra and undies. <laughs> amazing. One of the things you, you've talked about it a couple of times, but you do a course um, that is called Shed Your Shit. What are the key components of that? Like what, what are the elements that you help people kind of break down and, and I guess shed through that kind of process? That course is 49 bucks now. I sell it like it's online. You do it yourself. But so much of it is it what when I was that person that didn't like myself, what were all the things that I needed in that moment? And that's pretty much what that four-week course is about. It teaches you about how to meditate. It teaches you about how to start liking yourself and the ways that I did that. I used to write, me and my best friend started writing love notes to each other on the mirror. And it started with all of those little things. So it's very much a self-care kind of like I've got you, like how can we shed this emotional baggage? Because I believe the reason why I am where I am today is because I did start to like myself. And that's the biggest thing I think with shedding our shit is like we have to start to go like, hey, even if it's my ears, they look really good. Or, you know, hey, if it's that part of your personality, that's like and celebrate that because we focus so much on what we don't like. And so so it's it's really easy and it's very, you know, and it, I share like lots of podcast things that I, you know, that I did and, you know, it's being mindful. It's so much of this basic shit that we all should get a handbook in in high school. That's true. <laughs> it's pretty much that because we forget all that and, you know, we're so self-obsessed or we're scrolling through social media and comparing ourselves that this really brings it back to like, okay, if we're going to shed these layers, then we need to start with the very first thing and that's starting to like ourselves and starting to put the work in like we care for ourselves. And I think the interesting thing for me, I met um, a supermodel many years ago. I was at a retreat in Thailand and um, and like clearly a very, very stunning woman and she was about probably six or seven years younger than me. I remember seeing all the photos once I found out who she was because she was quite low-key about it and then saw the photos online. I was like, holy shit. But uh, we had these really open and honest conversations in the week we'd spent with each other at the retreat about, you know, she was had exactly the same problems or con- concerns and lack of confidence that we all have, you know, around her body size or, you know, things that were wrong with her. And I just remember sitting there going, holy shit, like there's no hope for any of us. You know, <laughs> here's a supermodel that has exactly the same, you know, thoughts, process, problems, you know, self-critique that's so negative than, you know, someone else that's deemed by society as being overweight or whatever. And I yeah. just really, it's it was so profound to me. And I started then, it was like a switch for me to go, wow, okay, it's that expectation of others. To your point, I need to take that power back and actually be happy. This is the vessel that I'm in for my life. And I can choose to, you know, treat it differently or, or treat it with respect or, or treat it with, you know, such 
horrific ways, I guess. Some of my mates, how they talk about yeah. their bodies, just so horrendous. And yes. um, yeah, I chose to, to really change it from then and think like my body helped me get through cancer. It helped me to yeah. survive something pretty significant. So I need to be more Amazing. gentle on that, you know, and yes. I'm curious about your exposure with that, with, you know, obviously walking through that journey you had been on and identifying to people that you didn't like your body and how people have a negative connotation around that and decide to tell you what they think. My observation of those those moments and those kind of comments and stuff is it's usually that person's got their own shit going on. It's nothing about you, their own kind of problem. So I'm, what is your view of that? I think that and then I also think there's assholes. <laughs> Like, cool. <laughs> I, I love that concept of like, yes, they have their own shit, but there's also just assholes. And there's, you know, there is. It's, it's like true. there's asshole cats in the world that are just mean to other cats for the sake of it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think that we just have to be really brutally honest that there's people that are just assholes. Yes, we could probably go back and go like they could have been treated like that when they were younger. This is what they were, you know, this is what the, how they were raised. This is what. But also I think you have a choice and this is what I teach. You have a choice to be kind and you have a choice to, be an asshole. you know, to have your own belief. You have it like, so, yeah, so you have a choice to be an asshole or not. So, yeah, I think there's definitely, a, I think what we see on the internet is there is that lack of insecurity and lack of confidence and lack of something. So that's why we project onto other people. But I also think there's some people that are just assholes. Like I've had comments that are just horrific, you know, and now I just don't read anything. And this is what I say to other people, like, Yes, we sometimes get that comment and it's like, oh, now I'll get a comment and like, oh, that sucks. But then I don't let it last long in my mind because I'm not going to give them my power, you know, whereas years ago, 10 years ago, that shit would have had me for four weeks, four weeks, four months. So, yeah, I think there's just some assholes in the world and, you know, again, but then I would go, we really going to listen to an asshole? Like... <laughs> This is where I kind of live by the 80-20 rule where I'm like 80% of the time I don't give a fuck what people think, 20% of the time I care what people think. And, you know, that might be my family, that might be my husband, that might be my son, that might be, you know, the girl I went to high school with, you know, because I've had to own my shit. Like I was mean to people in high school and I've had to own my shit and maybe that was one of the reasons why I had all these body demons and stuff like that. And so there's things that I care about you know, 20% of the time. And then there's the 80% that I'm like, no, I'm not going to hand my power over to the person at the park, at the playground, if I'm on my fucking phone and they're judging me, like, I'm not going to hand it over to them. I'm not going to hand it over to the stranger on the internet that thinks I should wear a filter or lose 10 kilos or, you know, whatever. Like, so I think it's, but again, that's come with time. That's come with doing the work and the work is, yeah, the work is those 1%. So, like, the yeah. work could be for some people joining the Shed Your Shit thing for, like, you know, and just starting somewhere. It could be signing up or coming to one of my free events. That could be the first step. Do you know what I mean? It could also be the 10th step on your journey. But I think to get where I am today and to get where others want to go, like, you have to make a commitment every single day to choose differently or to choose more or to choose, you know, to choose to do something about it mm-hmm. today. And that's really a big thing because like I kind of do it like in three steps speak up second step is like expose yourself to those fears feel them and fucking do them anyway and then the third step is like implementing those like the fear 
1% daily. Like I'm scared of the ocean, right? Like I live 600 metres from it, but the waves scare me when they're really big. Um, sharks, you know, what's underneath all that seaweed in the dark. But I choose to go swimming every single day to build my confidence. And, you know, when there's big waves, like I'll go in and get dumped just because I'm like, I got this. Like, you know, that's the difference between people who stay stuck and stay in that victim mentality and don't shed their shit, you know, compared to us who choose to do the work every day. So, you know, it's, it's even like going back to what you were saying before, like speaking to ourselves kindly is so important. It's incredibly underrated, isn't it? It makes such a difference. Yeah, I didn't realize like the power of our words. And like, if you go into, I've just done my NLP training, which is neuro linguistic programming, like just even understanding like what we're saying to ourselves, like, you know, we become, yeah, it's so important to choose yourself and and do the work daily, you know, and it only has to be 1%. It can be little things. Yeah. Little tiny things that you just say to yourself. I think, yeah, just the the old um, premise of would you say that to your best mate? Like, you know, if you said, oh, God, you look really bad today or you yeah, dumbass or, you you know, anything that you say, like yes. you've just got to pick yourself up. And it happens, you know, I've been doing the work for quite a while and I still do that stuff. I'm like, ooh, okay, you know, I'm going to shake it off. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's Thank you for saying that because I think that's what I have to really say as well. Where work's in progress, same, like same. I still have days where I feel what you would say fat or disgusting or this or that or rah, rah, rah. but they're moments now and I don't let them determine my whole life. And I think as well, Heidi, you know, not only, you know, doing the work around finding those places that are having a positive impact, it's unfollowing and delisting and stop listening and, you know, watching and seeing stuff that doesn't bring you value. I think that's the other key component that I found was, you know, that sets a sort of wheel in motion. And I found you know, that, that through my process, one sort of learning to love yourself a bit more. And as we say, that's bite-sized and that's progressive and it's um, builds upon it. Two is that, you know, getting rid of toxic stuff that just doesn't bring you and add value to your life or, you know, it has a negative impact on you in some way. One, one really simple thing that I found like through COVID especially was I couldn't watch the news anymore. It was so overwhelming and was just not providing any you know, negative, any positive or, or nurturing kind of aspect to my life. So I was like, that's it. I don't need to know about it. People are like, how do you not know the news? I'm like, oh, if there's shit I need to find out, I will find out. And the third thing I think is interesting, just listening to you talk about all that component is, you know, taking the power away from others. Um, there's another component that I've found for that, and I'd be curious on your view, is where when I hear people, you know, lash out or say really nasty things or mean things or say things that actually it's trying to take the power from someone else or their opinion on them, I actually call them out now. I was like, you know, well, Hides, you just said that to Beck and that wasn't nice. Like, what's yeah. going on with you? I don't want this in my life anymore and I want to be surrounded by people that are conscious about the impact that they have on others as well. And often that is their yes. view of the world that they're trying to impose on others. And that might be yeah. you know, race, religion, sexual, like politics, but especially our looks and our bodies and the way we live our, live our lives. So that was kind of been my sort of third stage now mm. that I'm kind of calling people out on that. And it actually helps, you know, it helps for me to pick myself up when I'm saying stuff and I'm like, oh, but also more conscious of other people's conversations. So I'm curious about your view. Oh, my God, I love that so much. And the whole unfollow thing on social media, this is what I I speak about this in my book is 
It doesn't mean that that person is a bad person. It doesn't mean that they're saying the wrong thing. It doesn't mean that they're the asshole because you're unfollowing them. What it means is that you have your voices, which could be a negative Nelly, your anxious Annie, your overwhelmed Olivia or whatever it is, as I like to all label them all, like that they're coming up in that moment when you're scrolling or following that person. And so therefore that is your shit. And so you can change that by unfollowing. And I did a test where I like actually examined all my thoughts and everything over following certain people and how I was feeling and then unfollowed them. And then some of them I started following again. Like I never used to be able to look at like weight loss before and afters because I would then start to go like, oh my God, you haven't actually kept up with your this and that. And so now if I see before and afters, I'm like, oh, well, it's not great that you're posting that because diets and everything like that whole toxic diet culture. But if that's what you want to do and if that's how you want to sell your business or whatever, then cool, that's your shit, you know? And so I like I now am okay with that. But when I was in that shit, I had to turn them off and mute them or whatever. And some of them were my Makes friends. Sense. Some of them were people that like I followed in the like the other radio hosts, but they were doing more than me in that what I was seeing and they were why were they getting this and why were they getting that? And so I had to mute my friend. And now she's like a fucking huge influencer, comedian online, like huge views. Like she's also an author. She's done amazing. But during that time when I was like really that comparison Cassie, I needed to like turn her off. Mm. And I told her that. I did that with someone in the other way because they kept saying stuff to me through my kind of things in my feed and or having a go. And I was like, sweetheart, like I get it. You, We're on different sort of, you know, trajectories here. So I want you to unfollow me because I don't need to hear your yeah. shit. Like I don't, like that's yeah. your. You're projecting. Yeah, you are projecting. That's your issues, not mine. Yeah. I don't, what you're talking about is not an issue for me. So it's clearly an yeah. issue for you. So stop following me. And she's like, oh, yeah. oh. And she goes, oh, no, but I bet, oh, no, 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 stop following me because I don't need your shit. <laughs> but I think people don't realise. I'm like, you can turn your phone off. Correct. You can unfollow people. Yeah, like yeah. I don't sleep with my phone in my room at night time. My phone goes off between 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. at night time. Um, it goes on between 7 a.m. and, you know, 8.30 in the morning. And it's not the first thing that I give away. Again, that's that power thing and, like, how I've built my confidence and, like, because, you know, we all have that comparisonitis like that we get at times, no matter how much work we've done. So I'm not going to sit in like on the couch anymore and look at people and compare myself that he, she is doing more or whatever. So we can take the power. And, and then I hear people, they go, oh, but what if my son needs me? And blah. I'm like, well, get a fucking home phone. Like we used to live with them. Like this is what I say. Like <laughs> we can make choices. <laughs> Oh, such beautiful sentiments. Heidi, it's just fabulous to chat with you and get your view on all no, this stuff. It's so you. amazing. Thank you. And you've said so many great things today around, uh, you know, us all endeavoring to be more drunk on confidence. So that book will be out by the time uh, this episode goes live, which is so exciting. I wish you all the very best with your book. I'm sure you don't need it. But um, yeah, it's just uh, fabulous to chat and get to know you a bit more. Thanks so much. You too. I love the concept of the podcast. I love it. And you've got a beautiful energy and vibe. So thank you so much for bringing, I think you've just gone 100 episodes. So woo! Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? 
please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com. 